welcome to episode 44 of the pond and guys we've come full circle after a full year well actually not even a full year after like three quarters of a year recording um we're finally back at where we started not necessarily the play-ins but we are at the stanley cup playoffs and this year there's no funny business no extra rounds anything like that we're just diving right into it actually tonight we have our first matchup of boston versus washington uh guys this is gonna be an insane playoffs i feel like this is the year that anything can happen let's say hi to the boys quick mike how you doing brother we got some good old hockey that we're about to watch like i don't know about you boys i'm excited oh yeah buddy friggin summertime's coming good playoff hockey to watch got some white claws on deck super super excited to get into it um and yeah as you said man like it feels like there's only a couple teams that you could say really don't have a shot at the cup this year feels like it could be anybody's yeah um and speaking of that uh teams that don't have shots at the cup curtis ottawa buddy <laughs> ottawa buddy, <laughs> ottawa, buddy. <laughs> just, yeah. how you doing uh, brother i think I mean, just jump into it real quick. If they had another couple weeks, I think they would be in the playoffs. So they're looking good. Yeah. 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 Can't rush it too fast. That's what I'll say. But it should be a good one. I'm looking forward to doing this episode. So yeah, it'll be good. This one, this one's always a fun one. And I know uh, just because we technically had to do it twice with the plans, we had to like do our predictions. And then after the plans, we had to do it again. And it's weird because for some reason, our, um, our like this episode that we did last year is still our like second most downloaded episode to date so um you guys seem to like it or uh last year you did so we're gonna get right into it we're gonna uh pick apart pretty much every matchup um and i don't know if we'll get into really future stuff like after um this the first round and stuff like that but we will touch on it just a little bit um to let you guys know you know situations if this team beats this team then what happens right so we um, we at least gotta get our cup picks in yeah exactly we because they have that uh bracket challenge that the nhl does every year and it's fun to fill that out so um yeah i mean it's also a helpful tool to figure out just what happens if a team beats a team because then it's laid out right in front of you you don't gotta wonder right so yeah um, but how do you guys want to start this we just want to uh start at a certain division and then just go from there or yeah, why don't we start with the North? I feel like feel like sure. there's a lot to talk about there, and hometown teams, you know, fucking rights. That's 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 what I'm hyped about. I think the North play playoffs, like the first two rounds, is going to be super fun to watch, um, especially the second round. Uh, the first round might be a little bit lopsided, but um, I think I think the big thing first, which I'm pretty pretty pissed off about. I mean, it is what it is, but the fact that the North starts the playoffs like four or five days late um, because Vancouver and Calgary still have to play a couple games against each other is such horseshit. Yeah. Like the, they just means that their first and second round will have to be condensed, putting the, the team that comes out of that uh, into the conference final at a disadvantage, presumably unless they're able to win their series pretty quickly. Right. Um, and there's no re there's literally no reason for it. Like there's no reason that they can't start the playoffs tonight or tomorrow because the only the games that are still have to be played are literally just for lottery seating. Yeah, like that, and you know, it's like it's not like people in Canada are going to be like, oh yeah, I want to watch Vancouver Calgary <laughs> instead of a playoff game in like the Central or the East. So yeah. 
I, I don't know what the what the logic there is, but just uh, another way the Canadian teams are getting a little bit screwed here. Yeah, you know, that was kind of, that was what I was going to say before uh, when we were talking about, right before the episode, I said I had like, not necessarily like a hot take, but I had like, you know, a view that might not be necessarily appreciated by everybody. I Man, Vancouver versus Calgary for what, like three more games into next, like it literally goes into next week. I'm pretty sure they play on like Tuesday and they play on like, I think, Tuesday or Wednesday is their last yeah. day. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it makes no sense. Like, I'm sorry, but you're watching two teams that just. It was funny because on NHL Network Radio the other night when I was driving home, they were, they were ta like recapping the games. And I'm like, I can't even get like somewhat excited about that. Yeah. Like, fucking just don't even tell me. Like, at this point, I'd rather just be like, all right, I don't want to even hear about them. Like, I didn't want to hear about Calgary really before. And then now that they're completely eliminated, I don't <laughs> want to hear about them now. So like, it feels like the fan bases of those teams probably don't want to watch those games either. They just probably want to move on to next year without other seasons. Seriously, dude. So, like, I think Vancouver didn't expect to be where they are. They kind of got screwed with COVID. And Calgary just seems to be just bad every year. Yeah, yeah. Dumpy. Yeah. So honestly, the fan base that has the most to watch for in those games is Ottawa, Kurt. Because if yeah. Vancouver somehow wins those three of those four games, they hop up above Ottawa, and Ottawa suddenly got another lottery pick. Yeah. I'm, I'm holding on for dear life. <laughs> I said I didn't think Ottawa would come last, but they had that terrible stretch at the beginning of the year where they lost like 13 games in a row. So yeah. But. That's the way it is, man. This NHL season was so crazy that next year with some normality to it, it should be nice where maybe we don't have to worry about COVID every week with fantasy and, and just your team and everything. So I agree with you. Yeah. I think it's stupid that they're waiting yeah. days to do it because I said to Colton this morning, I was like, obviously I knew the playoffs were happening, but I didn't realize that there was a game tonight. Yeah. I was looking at the Vancouver and Calgary games to see who yeah. was watching the game last night, the Toronto and Winnipeg games. Like, okay, yeah. there's a couple more games to be played in the regular season. Didn't realize that there was three more games in the North Division to be played. Yeah. And, and they're starting a playoff game tonight. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, why are they in a rush? Like, if anything, the U.S. has had more COVID cases, so give them a break. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, and it's punishing all the Northern teams for just Vancouver getting fucked. And it not even, you can't even really blame Vancouver for it. Um, and like, I guess like Edmonton plays Vancouver tonight. So maybe you start the playoffs Monday instead of what is it Wednesday or Thursday that they end up, end up playing their first game. That makes a big difference, dude. That's like two, two, three games of rest, maybe a back to back in a playoff series. That makes a big difference. You know, goaltending, you know, that's one more game. Maybe you have to start your, your second goalie. Um, and then going into the next series, you just have a little bit less rest. You get a little bit banged up, like healing time sucks, dude. Yeah, like Toronto and Montreal are just waiting right now. So is Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. yeah. They're just waiting yeah. on the sidelines healing up. So yeah, yeah. Well, and it, I mean, like you guys said, it's either it either helps or hinders your team. If you're not playing hockey for like a full week or whatever, and and you go into the playoffs, you're a little bit not rusty, but you know, there's there's a difference between well rested and then playing a team that yeah. like just played and is like still ready to go, still has the everything fresh in their mind. Right. And I don't know. I was saying yesterday to a guy at work, they they should like Vancouver and Calgary should just like 
Just end the suffering. Just end the season. <laughs> it. it's been just a, don't show up. This is this is just a write-off year for both of those teams. They should just like reset. <laughs> just you know, I don't know. But anyways, yeah. we should move into the matchups now. Um, and we'll start with uh, the one and four seeding of Toronto and Montreal. Um, I don't know a lot of people, and I don't mean a lot of people as in like you know things I'm seeing on Twitter or whatever. I just, every single person I talk to seems to think Montreal is just going to get blanked four games. So what do you guys think? Because I'm actually like genuinely curious to see what you guys think about this matchup. Sure, you hop in first. Yeah, sure. I don't, I don't think they're going to get blanked four games. I think that's really cocky. And it's probably from a lot of Leafs fans. Like I'm picking on Leafs fans, but it probably is a lot of those people that are just kind of those like, I don't know. I might get really opinionated, but just being like bandwagon or fans or something, you know what I mean? They'd be like, okay, now they're like, this is the year Toronto's going to win their first series and everything. And they'd be like, they're going to blank Montreal and that's going to be, well, first of all, it doesn't really count as a series win, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. If they win their first, I don't know, it's like Montreal. Like, Montreal wouldn't be in the playoffs, in my opinion. So, not even just that. It, I don't know. Like, you might not even match up well against another team. Like, if you were to choose someone in the Metro that they were going to be playing or something, they might just get they might get swept or something. You never know how the teams are going to match up. But I think people going out and saying that they're going to blank Montreal is a little harsh. But I, I do think they win this pretty easily. Probably in, like, 4-1, 4-2 series win. Like, I just don't think that Montreal has has what it takes to even, like, kind of put up a chant like a shot uh, like really the only thing that's kind of gotten them going recently is Cole Caulfield mm-hmm. kind of giving like a juice of uh, or a fresh juice of energy and everything if that even makes sense but <laughs> uh, I think he's the only one that's kind of like bringing the team up right now to play like that good hockey and I think as soon as you get rattled in the playoffs being in either of those two buildings I think Toronto with their skill and everything is just going to come away and I don't know watching their games throughout the year they kind of just bullied Montreal too like there's been close games yeah. I think this is definitely Toronto's most well-rounded team so I yeah. think they're going to do pretty well against Montreal Carey Price doesn't look too great anymore maybe just this year but he's getting a bit older and Jake Allen just kind of looks eh too so I think it'll be kind of easy for Toronto but it's definitely not a not a sweep so yeah, yeah, no, I I completely agree. Um, it's it's almost impossible to call a sweep. I feel like nowadays, just because there's so much randomness that goes into the game, that you know, it's Carey Price still or Jake Allen even is still a quality goalie. You know, they they could easily steal a game. Um, but you look at you look at Toronto's team and even the players they can p- plug into the lineup sitting on the taxi squad, right? Like. They're just too deep, I think, and they've had Montreal's number all year. Montreal can't seem to stop Matthews from scoring, um, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a sweep because I, I feel like even if it is that lopsided, like I think uh, the the Money Puck Twitter account that does like the percentages on on the things they have, Toronto has a seventy five percent chance of winning this uh, series, wow. and I, I think that's probably fair. I might even go a little bit higher than that. Um, but I could easily see it being 4-1-4-2. Cuz um, as you said man too like that line with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield like that's oh, yeah. kind of the high end skill that I felt Montreal was missing 
the beginning of the season, right? It was yeah. like they need to be able to score more. They have the def- defense shored up. They have goaltending. Um, but I feel like they haven't had enough time to really develop. Next year, maybe, that, that line, you know, Suzuki, Caulfield, whoever they put on their wing uh, on the other side, that could be that first line that they need. But I just don't see it happening right now, especially when they're probably being matched up against guys that have been there, done that in the playoffs. You know, and especially come playoff time, that experience is going to count for a lot. Um, and they're not very big. And I feel like my, Toronto might just be able to bully them a little bit uh, defensively and with, with whatever forward line they end up matching up against. So I just, I just don't think Montreal has the goal scoring to, to actually win enough, like outscore Toronto in enough games to win the series. I just want to say one thing quick. I just think Toronto's way more hungry to win this than Montreal is. That's why they, they win. Like, I, I don't see a situation where Toronto loses, in my opinion. So yeah. So with that being said, Kurt, do you think that Montreal's window is necessarily not open to go for a cup run? But do you think it's it's it's, not, it's bigger it's, than Toronto's right now? Maybe, maybe for the I future. Don't know, maybe bigger in the future. Yeah, but yeah. it depends what happens. Like I think for me, the biggest thing is what happens with Matthews after his contracts up. To me, yeah. like. I, I'm a big fan of Matthews, man. This guy is so fucking electric to watch and so entertaining. Like, it's like watching Ovechkin, like, early in his prime. Like, not the exact same, but in how his entertainment is. And I don't know, man. Guy can just fucking rip a buck and, like, score goals that you're just like, what? Like, how did you even do that? But yeah, um, I think, yeah, Montreal does have a good future. It's just, I don't know if they have what it takes here. Like, last year, they probably shouldn't have been in the and the plans either but the way they set it all up to give each shot like each team a chance enabled it so yeah. they could make that into the thing but into the playoffs but it's like one of those teams where you just don't know if you want them to be like true like like challengers yet for a playoff spot if you just kind of need that extra year to gather yourself get your player players another year older a couple more picks and then you really go for it being like a consistent performer in the playoffs yeah look at vancouver and calgary right now they just in and out of it and they're stuck in it yeah Yeah, at a certain Mm -hmm. point you just got to blow it up and redo your team yeah yeah it's a good point you make too like montreal making doing what they did in the playoffs last year off a really good performance from Carey price i think kind of unrealistically raised the expectations from the fan base even maybe from management um obviously they made some great moves in the offseason but they're not there yet uh toronto the best season in a long time for the leafs maybe ever um at, at least up until this point in what a regular season would be um they're in win now mode dude like you look at the moves they made the players they have where those players are at in their careers like toronto's looking to at least make the cup this year next year you know make a legit shot of it whereas montreal i feel like they're still two three years out from being a legit cup contender if they're able to continue adding yeah they're young in their their journey to to be a contender right Um, yeah yeah just to touch on it quickly before we because every series that we're gonna do too i want i want predictions and mike if you can actually write it down um predictions for each series to see how many games um because we'll just say, all right, like personally, and I know this is different from you guys. I think that this series is going to go the distance. I think it's going to go seven games. And wow. the reason why I say that is because um, 
last year what they did against Pittsburgh was like it was just uncalled for completely. Um, I know that Sidney Crosby especially he elevates and and Malkin too elevate their game when they get to the playoffs especially. And I don't know. I personally think that if Crosby has a higher gear than what he normally plays at, then you're probably getting like uh you're you're gonna have two centers coming down at you full barrel like that's that's hard to deal with. So and Montreal didn't. I actually think that they they dominated Pittsburgh last year. Like it looked like Pittsburgh wasn't even in it. And Pittsburgh is now yep. look at where they are, right? They're they're sitting first in their division. Not the same team, but um I think that Montreal has a lot of really great pieces and uh those guys tend to step up when they really need it. Um you guys already said about Col Cole Caulfield and I totally agree. He's just a pure goal scorer, like pure goal scorer. So they need goals and you you get a guy that has the ability to put the puck in the net kind of like Matthews has you know um I really still like uh Josh Anderson and his ability to to play a super physical game but then also be able to contribute up front it's crazy and then you know all the other guys on the team it's just a pretty young squad so I mean it's hard for hard for anybody to say that Toronto isn't going to win this series uh, I personally think it's going to go seven games. Carey Price wow. is just a magician in the net, right? And even if he hasn't been playing well lately, I have a feeling like he's going to come back and not... He's never going to return to his old self and be in his, like, prime. But he's he's always going to be Carey Price. He's always going to be able to steal a series or two if, like, realistically, if he can shut the net down, right? So... That's the thing with the playoffs. Like, there's no saying that Montreal doesn't sweep Toronto or they don't win 4-2 or 4-1. Like, anything, that's the beauty of the NHL playoffs is that you could have the favorite come in and be like a Columbus, uh, Tampa Bay, or Tampa Bay just gets blown out and they lose yeah. the series and they're the first seed. And then the, you go, oh, my God, what just happened? We just lost to the eighth seed. In the playoffs, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Montreal could, could, could come out like a bat out of hell and just ruin Toronto's playoffs. And that's still a possibility. But I think for them, it's just the inconsistency right now in Montreal's play, like being under like a new head coach halfway through the year and having such a good start to the year kind of threw them off. And yeah, I, th I just think like if they get those injuries that happen in the playoffs, they're not going to have the depth to kind of fill it in and to really extend their run. Because that's when you really, really start to see the good the good playoff runs when you have those young prospect players that can come in and replace some veterans that got injured or something. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I just, I actually think like given what we've seen from Carey Price this year, I think that what he did in the playoff last year at this point in his career is an outlier. I don't think it's reasonable to expect him to, to turn it up like that. Maybe, maybe he, he steals a game, maybe two, but I don't see him playing like that for seven games. Um, and just looking like, obviously, like you mentioned the, the Tampa Bay, uh, Columbus, I think Tampa Bay swept their season series that year in the regular season. So maybe don't put too much weight on that, but watching the games Toronto played against Montreal, like they had a three, three games in a row, I think last week, um, uh, when Montreal needed one point to qual like to guarantee themselves a playoff spot. And it looked like no matter what they did, they couldn't get to, they couldn't even get to overtime. Um, so seeing that, I just feel like Toronto, Toronto's buzzing, and there's just too many people you have to shut down for for a team that's probably gonna rely on keeping the game low scoring. Um, I just don't see it. Like 
you end up you end up playing against the fourth line. You have Jason Spezza and Joe Thornton on the fourth line, who are both like what thousand point players. It's like Simmons. Yeah, so um, I feel like Toronto can just beat you in too many ways, but it it may it may very well be closer than people are giving it credit for. Yeah. Okay, guys. So we'll move on to Edmonton, Winnipeg. Mike, did you say how many games you think that they're gonna? I I'm going for Toronto four one. Okay, four two. All right. Yeah, so pretty... Quebec, you're four three. Yeah, I'm I'm going four three. I still think Toronto's gonna win in the end, just because yeah, it's Toronto. But um, yeah. yeah, I think it's gonna go the distance. So yeah. But... The other thing, the other thing there is, as we said, with the North starting late, winning that series quickly is actually massive because that'll that'll make up for some of those days of rest that you're missing at the beginning, um, or like once you start between first and second round, second and third round. Um, so Toronto, I think, is going to come out and they're going to want to make quick work of it. Yeah, that's yeah, it's actually a good point. Yeah, it's going to be a, not a major disadvantage or major advantage, but it's going to definitely be um, something that we we can keep an eye on and see is it is it going to help or hinder, right? So um, for me, for this playoffs, is Toronto can't get scared. Yeah, yeah, they can't have that in the back of their mind that they could lose this. Just go out and play your game. I think they they win this easily. Yeah. I think it's also going to help too the fact that they're not like they're they're not going to be able to have fans in the building, right? I feel like the, the spectators definitely have a uh, uh, like a reverse effect than what they're supposed to because they're so critical, right? But I don't yeah, know. It, it yeah, it's it's fucking Canadian hockey fans, man. So um, yeah, but all right, guys. Um, this is going to be. I like this series. I want to. I I, mm-hmm. I think this is the one that's the most up in the air in terms of like. Actually, yeah, actually picking a winner out of this right so edmonton versus winnipeg um we got two high-flying offenses um and two kind of mediocre defenses if you if you're looking at both of these teams side by side um and i mean yeah it's we we got some some strengths and some weaknesses on both sides that uh could cancel each other out um Kurt, you swung in the uh, first on the first one. So, Mike, what do you think about Edmonton versus Winnipeg? Where do you see this series going? This one's a tough one for me. Um, because on one hand, I want to say Winnipeg or uh, Winnipeg's like, they've been playing not that great recently. Uh, since Ehlers went out, they've been kind of shit. Hellebuck hasn't been playing great. Um I, I guess Ehlers is supposed to be back for the playoffs. I'm not actually sure. I haven't seen oh, an wow. update on that. Wow. Um, that's what they said when he was out originally, but you never know with that sort of thing. Um, so, I don't know. I think, I still want to say Edmonton's going to win. Um, partly because you look like the one problem the Winnipeg has had for the past few years um, is they're just not deep on defense. Um, and it just feels like the way McDavid's playing right now, I feel like he could single-handedly win them this series, you know? Um, but I would also say Winnipeg matches up pretty well. You know, if Hellebuck gets hot, steals them a game or two, they're very deep at center. We talked about that a lot with uh, Stastny, Dubois, and, and Shifley. Um, so I feel like there is a world where Winnipeg causes some serious problems for, for Edmonton here. Um, so I don't think, I think this might actually be a really close one. Having said that, I think if Edmonton is gonna, gonna take it, they might take it quickly. Um, 
I think if it goes like seven games, it might be Winnipeg's to to lose just because if it's that close, I think Winnipeg will be better in those close games. Um, but if it if it go if like if Edmonton goes up two nothing or something like that, I wouldn't be surprised if they finished it out in five. Um, but at this one, this one for me is really really hard because it kind of depends on what you think is going to prevail, whether it's the high powered offense of Edmonton or kind of the the built for playoff hockey Winnipeg, right? Yeah. Um, where they're just going to grind it out, they're going to get good goaltending. Um, but you know the the fact that Winnipeg gives up so many grade A scoring chances on a normal day makes you think well first of all you're going to give up more against mcdavid and Dreisaitl, and second of all the ones that you do give up are more likely to get converted um so that makes me a little bit worried for them uh they need hellebuck to be on point in this series if they have a chance i think yeah it's it's essentially gonna be um who can outscore their mistakes more i think is what this season or this series is going to come down to um if hellebuck plays like how he how he did last year um with his vesna uh trophy season i i think it's going to be really tough for the oilers to be able to to really take advantage of uh just like goalies like they have in in pretty much this whole season where when it rains it pours kind of scoring um so yeah, I I totally think that uh I mean fuck, this could go either way. Uh Kurt, what do you yeah. think? So this was an this was a hard one for me just because like I agree with a lot of things Mike said with like the McDavid and McJesus and Dreisaitl just couldn't do anything and the way McDavid's been playing the last couple of weeks, he's just been cutting through defenses, making them look like it's like tight hockey and you're like <laughs> trying to go around a corner or something because he's just leaving these kids in the dust. Dude, he needs his one. own league. Yeah, he does. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I had this one going in seven, seven games, and Winnipeg winning four three. So, how I came up with this decision in my mind was I broke it down into the three different positions, basically goalies, defense, and forwards. So, in my opinion, Hellebuck, I had him in fantasy. Colton traded him to me, and he certainly did awesome for. Uh, a couple weeks, but then he started to kill the off. playoffs. Yeah. 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 Until the playoffs when they needed him the most. He started to fall off. He just kind of looked like out of it and tired and everything. But I think he bounces back. He's just kind of one of those like gamers where he's going to come back and just be focused, dialed in for the this series. I think they're going to, they're going to win that category because Koskinen and Mike Smith, I just don't think have it at all. And uh, they're going to allow these squeakers to go in. I think that are the difference between winning a series and or winning a game and winning the series that you're like, oh my God, this bad angle shot, or you should have had that one. Those like are going to add up, I think, throughout the playoff series. Um, defense, Edmonton wins. They're just way better on defense this year. They actually have, for the first time in a long time, a good defensive core and are actually contributing offensively and defensively, which is awesome. But then forwards, I think... Edmonton's a little shallow, except for uh, Nugent Hopkins, Dreisaitl, yeah. McDavid, uh, Yamamoto. Whereas Winnipeg is, has a lot of depth in that category. Like they got Cop, Lowry, Stastny, Wheeler, Shifley, Connor. They just have a lot Ehlers. more fire. Yeah, Ehlers, if he comes back, a lot more firepower through like all of the lines, I think, that 
it's going to really help them drive four lines that just kind of pumbles Edmonton. But I have this one really close, man. This will be, I think, one of my favorite series to watch. Um, yeah. The first round, because this is going to be a really good one, too. Like, close rivals. And they do have some history this year. So I think it's going to be a really fun matchup. Like, there will be some blowouts and there will be some close games. So Yeah. Part of what makes this one so hard is, like, it's hard to say where Edmonton's going to come in on goaltending. Um, right. Mike Smith's the starter going into the playoffs. And if he's playing well, I don't think he's actually that much. Like, I don't think there's any world where he outperforms Hellebuck. But if he's even close, I think it's a wash for Edmonton. Um, it's like, if he has a couple bad games, if they have to put Koskinen in, Koskinen is definitely not on that level. Um, then you're like, sort of, okay, shit, Edmonton might have to score five a night to win this series. Because um, as you said, Kurt, the other thing is, Winnipeg's bottom six is 100% stronger than Edmonton's. And Edmonton, I would say their bottom six has improved this year over the last couple of years. Um, but if Winnipeg can get like their third line or something matched up against McDavid and actually do a decent job of shutting him down, Edmonton might be screwed because Edmonton doesn't have those good matchups against Winnipeg's top two lines. Um, and you're, you're basically relying on a lot of scoring from McDavid and Dreisaitl. And Winnipeg does have the pieces that in theory could shut down that type of player. Having said that, nobody's done it this year. Um, I think Montreal has actually been the best at they, McDavid. Only averaged a point per game against uh, Montreal instead of like two oh. points per game. Yeah, so <laughs> um, I feel like Winnipeg's built to to kind of play that matchup hockey that you see more in the playoffs. Um, but I don't I don't know if it'll be enough. Um, but I agree. I think it's going to be really close. There's a couple variables there that it's really hard to predict the goaltending. The, those like second third line matchups so um i give the slight edge to win or uh, to to edmonton just because it's it's so hard to bet against Connor mcdavid right now yeah so you have edmonton winning yeah 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 i think i think i'm going edmonton in six i got uh winnipeg in seven yeah um Damn. Oh, this is a yeah this is definitely a tough one i do think winnipeg's gonna walk away with this um wow I think Winnipeg in seven as well. I, you know, I, I personally think that this series is going to come down to who can score more on the special teams and who can, well, and like, I guess my uh, other statement to that would be who can play more disciplined hockey. Because um, mm -hmm. realistically, like both of these power plays are pretty uh, nasty and not, I, I guess for Edmonton, the only uh, bad part about their power play is that they only have really one unit where um, Winnipeg has two units that can that can really like put on the same pressure of a first line power play. So um, yeah, it's gonna be gonna be good to see. I I personally really like uh, Winnipeg in this matchup, especially in their center depth. That's gonna be a big, big, big shot because if you put McDavid and Drysaddle on the same line and you don't spread them out. And you're immediately leaving three other lines exposed to their other centers. You got like pretty much the deepest center squad in the league right now, right? So hundred percent. I don't know. We'll we'll see. The the defense is the only thing, like you guys said, that I'm worried about on Winnipeg. But um, yeah, I guess it's kind of one of those things that we'll 
we'll see if it's up to up to snuff so um but yeah guys so uh we we have the north kind of worked out here um you guys want to move over to the east now or where where do you want to go where's the plane going let's rip let's do central because okay. that's the that's the left side of the bracket or right these are the two two divisions that will play in the conference final yeah that makes that makes sense so um we'll jump into carolina versus nashville um i'm gonna i'm gonna go first on this one i don't have a whole lot to say um <laughs> i think i think nashville could surprise us a little bit they've been playing really well in this in the the last little bit but yeah regular season is not the same as playoffs and you have to be able to bring it when it really matters most and the thing is is that last year i learned the hard way by in the um play-in uh episode i think or no it was the episode after that we were talking about the matchups i underestimated carolina and i got kicked right in the fucking nads for that so that being said <laughs> i think carolina is going to come out absolutely firing and nashville's not going to like this is one of those series that i personally think there is no like not a chance in hell that nashville is going to be able to get more than one singular win against carolina i just can't see it happening and the reason why and this is legitimately the reason why uh is their goaltending i just Pecorine and UC Soros are not, they, that is not a, a tandem nowadays, right now, that can bring you far into a playoffs. And not to mention too, Carolina's offense is not a typical offense where it's like McDavid or Dreisaitl, where there's just two guys coming at you on the rush, coming and scoring. They score from everywhere, man. All different types of shots, all different types of plays are going in the net for Carolina. And the depth is just unmatched no like like i would say yeah. in not in the division necessarily but we saw with florida tampa and carolina all three of those teams are so so good and the fact that they were in the same division is just it's it's ridiculous man so i personally think um carolina has two better goaltenders than than nashville even if Soros maybe is playing even well. three yeah 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 fuck like Soros <laughs> has been playing well i'll give him credit right but I just don't think that, like, we haven't seen him prove that in the playoffs, so I can't say that. Pecorine is washed up. He's he's done. He's <laughs> done ski, buddy. He's done ski. Let's the, hang up the skates, get somebody else in. Um, and and Nashville's scoring is so streaky. Just I just don't see it happening. Like maybe Philip Forsberg has like one, or sorry, Philippe Philippe Forsberg um, <laughs> has like one good game or whatever. But um, yeah, it's just. The only thing that Nashville has going for them is their decor. That's it. And I'd still, I just don't think that's enough to to push them through um, one of the best looking teams this season. So I just can't yeah. see it happening. So I, I'm, yeah, saying, dude. I'm saying Carolina in five. I, I, I completely agree. Carolina may, might be like the one team that there's pretty, it, it's hard to find a hole in their team, yeah. you know? Even even Winnipeg, you know, you talk about how deep they are at center. You get down to that third, fourth line, you know, a couple players maybe that, that you'd like to, to fill in there. Carolina, it feels like, man, their fourth line is buzzing just as much as their first line. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, shout out Steve. But uh, it's, it, and, and like their decor even, like you say, Nashville's strength is their decor. 
I don't even think they have a better decor than than Carolina does right now. Um, yeah, that's actually fair. <laughs> you know, good, it's it's like a wash across the board, and Carolina is so solid. They're able to run four lines, which is massive in the playoffs. Um, and their fourth line can produce too. You know, maybe not necessarily in terms of putting points on the board, but getting offensive pressure. You know, grinding down the other team. And uh, if you're able to get strong minutes out of your fourth and third line like that. <laughs> then when you turn around and you're putting on your first line, which is Svechnikov, Aho, and uh, Tara Vinen, like, look out, dude. Those guys have been buzzing. They got hot at the end of the season at the right yeah. time. And that's another thing, right? It's like, are you hot coming into the playoffs? Um, and Carolina's a team that was good all season, um, kind of battling it out for, for that first place spot in the Central with, with Florida and Tampa Bay. But they really turned the Jets on the last 10, 15 games. And, dude, they look so good. Um, and as you said, the way they play the game, too, it, it feels like they're, uh, it feels like they don't, they're not likely to get upset. Like, I can see a world where they play a team that's also very, very good and deep, maybe a Tampa Bay, um, maybe a Colorado, where they're, they're on even footing and maybe the other team pulls it, pulls it out. But I don't see a world where a team like Nashville beats them because those underdog teams have to beat them with, you know, grinding it out, um, grinding out those, those close game wins. And that feels, that's, that feels like Carolina's wheelhouse. Um, so I I think Carolina all the way. Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, again, it's hard to call a sweep, but I actually think I'm going to go Carolina 4-0 in this one. Damn. And also just because, uh, because of what happened with, uh, Ottawa and everything, Fuck Matt Duchesne. That, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so fuck he's been playing decently too right now. Yeah, he's not bad. Yeah, well. He had a pretty stacked goal. And he like toyed the goalie like in the crease. It was, it was pretty nasty. So in so, other words, like, he hit his quota for the next two years. <laughs> my honest opinion on this series <laughs> is Carolina's going to win 4-2. Nashville's been playing good. Well, the last couple, last couple weeks, they've really started to bring it on where they were like almost like fighting with Dallas for the playoff spot, like that last playoff spot. Yeah. And I was like, Ooh, this could kind of go either way. And then Nashville just kind of carried, like just ran away with it and, and took over that last spot. Um, Cause they just been playing better hockey and everything. But to me, Carolina just is one of those classic teams that plays the right way. And everyone on that team knows exactly what their role is, what they're supposed to do when they're on the ice. And that works out really well. You can see them just dominating the ice when that when they're they're out there. Teams can't get past them. They're in the offensive zone way longer than they're in the, their their own end. So I think that's just going to translate over into the playoffs with them with that depth and, and goaltending. Like I don't think it'll for Brindamore. I don't think he'll hesitate if one of his goalies has a bad game to throw in the other one. Like, I don't think it'll be like, okay, there's two bad games from our starter. Let's maybe after this, if this game goes bad, let's throw in the other guy. At that point, the series is too far gone. I think you've yeah. lost it. I don't think he's going to hesitate after one bad game or one game where he's like not feeling his starting goalie being yeah. a goalie to win them the series. I don't think he'll hesitate in switching. And I think the goalies will kind of accept that too. That's how you win the cup. You don't see the second backup goalie. And when they have the cup handed out being all salty and shit. He's just as happy to be a part of it because his time yeah. could have been called upon anytime, like Flurry and Matt Murray. So, 
Yeah. Not a, not a rapper, but. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's true. I wouldn't even be surprised if they just rolled goalies for the first couple of rounds. Um, and then once you maybe get to the conference final or, or into that second round, then you kind of stick with someone. But this first series, I wouldn't be shocked if you saw Mrazic game one, Nadelkovich game two, even James Reimer game three. Although you probably want to stick with two. Um, and it just feels like, dude, they don't, it doesn't feel like they have bad matchups. Again, like I feel like so much playoff hockey that the matchup game is so much more of a, a factor in the game. And you're looking at Carolina's lineup from Brindamore's perspective. It's like, I don't really think there's a team in the league where Carolina's looking at it thinking, wow, we really don't have a, a, an advantageous matchup for, for this line or that line. Feels like they've got something, you know, that second line with Jordan Stahl. Um, that's, that can be a shutdown line against, against the top line of another team. Um, you know, the third line, fourth line, as I said, have been buzzing. So, uh, it feels like they, they have no holes and it's really hard to see them losing four games out of seven. Um, unless the team they're playing is really, really on point, which, which very well may happen, but it's not going to be Nashville. That's for sure. Definitely. Definitely not. A good amount of young guys that are going to be juiced up to be in their first playoff series, like Natchez and Fogel and all like they, I think Fogel has been a part of the playoffs last year or anything. But mm-hmm. all these young guys are, are I think, going to drive the team in play. Like, those guys have been really well down the stretch. So, or playing very well, sorry, down the stretch. So, I think Nashville or Carolina easily wins this. But I think Nashville just squeaks a couple, like, one goal games out. That's that's my yeah. opinion. So. Yeah. So, are you going 4-1 or 4-2? Uh, 4-2 Carolina. 4-2. 4-1 Carolina for me. They're... I'm giving Nashville one game just to, yeah, because why not? And yeah, yeah, it's so hard to call a sweep, dude. the The league is so even now that even the most mismatched matchups still it feels like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, just one of those years. Anyways, yeah. so we'll move on to maybe my favorite first round matchup. And, and it sucks that these two have to play each other so early because we know one of these two teams is going to be disappointed um, with a first-round exit. But Florida and Tampa Bay. Um, Dude, this shit's going to be crazy. Yeah. Um, all right. Who wants to hop in first? Mike or Kurt? What do you got? I'll go. I don't care. Um, sure, I have Tampa Bay just absolutely fucking Florida's day. Wow. <laughs> really? Wow. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I just, I don't know. I don't think Florida really has what it takes. Tampa Bay just won the cup last year. They're going to get potentially Kucherov and Stamkos back, which is, I think, I don't know if you guys want to talk about that now that we're talking oh, yeah. about that series. Oh, yeah, dude. That's completely fucked up bullshit, in my opinion, how they yeah. can do that. And with Mike, you posting that on, I assume it was you that posted it on. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's just total shit how they can do that with the CBA. And I actually watched a video like not too long ago at like talking about why the NHL has so many CBAs that are always getting disputed and everything because they can't make the rule book straight up. And they always make these loopholes kind of like how the government makes stuff so you can get away from like taxes and these big companies and everything. They always make it so these teams that really have the in-depth knowledge of how the suits and everything or the CBAs work, 
can really benefit, especially if you have the money too, where some of these teams might not want to have $20 million on LTIR and then pay yeah. other, you know, it's kind of, it reminds me of like the royalty tax and MLB. Yeah, it's, it's almost a soft cap. Yeah, exactly. Like, and it just pisses me off how they can do that. Like they're a really good team, but they pretty much, you saw them, even with the deal they did with Ottawa, they just loaded like Pocket and all those guys at the beginning of the year to dump caps so they could add these guys going into the year. And I think we like had a conversation like this some at some point on the podcast about Kucherov. Just watch; he's gonna he's gonna be out the yeah. whole year, and then right yeah. as playoffs come back, he's gonna be magically okay. And at that point, yeah. almost seems like a little bit of manipulation on the timing. Like, who's to say that? Like, you never know. Kucherov could wake up and up until yesterday go, "Wow, oh, I'm, I'm hurt. I can't play. I can't play. I'm hurt. Oh, I'm good. Yeah, uh, let's play." And yeah, that seems to be a, kind of what has happened. Um, maybe not so much with Stamkos because the guy's always injured, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But with Kucherov, definitely got that vibe. So yeah, yeah. So they're adding seventeen million dollars worth of salary to their team as of the last day of the season um, because they can play over the cap in the playoffs. Um, so I I assume this is going to be the first team ever that's a hundred million dollar salary uh, in the salary cap era, um, which is just insane. Um, and yeah, the question with Kucherov, it's like, I don't, I don't necessarily know because at the time when he, cause I think it was like two months ago that he had started skating again. Um, and I guess the type of injury, a lot of people that had had a similar surgery in the past were like, yeah, no, like even once you're back on the ice, it takes a long time to rehab it. Um, so that he probably wouldn't be ready until around now anyways, but it's like, he waited the entire off season to get the surgery. So it's like, if you can, if you can estimate this is your timeline um, and oh, we'll just give him time. We'll make sure he's healthy. Give him an extra few weeks, have the surgery a little bit late. So he's back at the end of the season. Um, there's definitely something fishy going on there. Um, but you know, it's technically within the rules of the game, within the rules of the CBA. So uh, they're just taking advantage of it. And I think, Looking around the league, the teams that have built wagons, like Toronto's one of them, uh, Tampa Bay's another, a lot of it's down to their GMs getting real creative with cap space um, and finding ways to fit other players in when they really shouldn't be able to. Um, the Kucherov one is crazy, though, because this is like a top five player in the league that you're adding. Stamkos on top of that, that's crazy. Um, the question is kind of like, Kucherov hasn't played all year, so... Will he be able to come in and be an impact player right away? Yeah. I would assume yes. Maybe it takes him a game or two, but you know, someone that good, they're they're gonna be good. Um but I actually think Florida can stand up to it. Um I think goaltending obviously goes Tampa's way. Vasilevsky's a monster. Um defensively, losing Ekblad really tough for Florida, yeah. but Mackenzie Wieger's had a great year, um, and they're they're getting it done. And forward wise, I mean, we talked about it. Sam Bennett, that ad at the deadline has been absolute money. Um, Alex Barkov has been one of the best players in the the league this year. Um, Huber Doe's popping off. Anthony Duclair. You even have people farther down the lineup like Owen Tippett, who's who's been producing. So Florida, I feel like this is the first year where they they feel like they're playing the right way to win in the playoffs. 
and it's shown in in how good they've been during the regular season. I mean, competing with Carolina and Tampa Bay for that top spot in the Central is no easy feat, right? So um, I think this is going to be a really close one. Um, but And if Tampa Bay loses, they're going to look like assholes for not letting Kucherov play all season. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, yeah. I think Tampa Bay has to be the favorite if you look at just their team and what they're able to add coming into the playoffs. Bullshit or not, um, they've got the players, right? So you just got to deal with it. Um, but I actually, I want to go Florida in this one. I got to go 4-3 Florida. Wow. Yeah, I don't know why. Just real quick before Colton can go on what he thinks. I just, I don't know why I think Tampa Bay is going to win. I just think they are they're going to win. Yeah. Fair enough. I think this one's so close. It's like, like I, it's just I don't know. If I were to flip a coin, I, I would be choosing Tampa Bay. So, yeah. with the experience, Vasilevsky, their team build up and everything, their uh, twenty million in added cap. And <laughs> that hurt. That that doesn't hurt. Right? Yeah. And but dude, this is gonna be a banger too because they played like I think it was the, the their last two games of the season and they were scrapping it out. Um. Saw someone tweeting a video during a commercial break. They had like the ice uh, shovelers out and just a fight broke out like mid commercial break. Um, so these two teams have developed a good hate for each other, other over the course of this year. And probably one of the only two versus three seed matchups that has been competitive all season. Like yeah. from, from 10, 15 games into this, this, this season, those two teams along with Carolina have been looking at each other thinking, this is the team we're going to have to beat in the playoffs, and it's been tight all year. So despite having played the same teams a lot, I don't think we've seen that much rivalry develop between those playoff teams and other divisions, whereas this one feels like these teams are going to really hate each other like one or two games in, and it's going to get, it's going to get scrappy. Um, and I, I, I think it's going, to be, it's going to be so fun to watch, like high-end skill, uh, high effort. It's going to be a banger. Yeah, it's, um, I personally think it's going to come down to a lot of uh, whether or not Florida's goaltending is up to snuff uh, for, to be able to match the offense that Tampa's going to bring. Because we know that uh, Vasilevsky is an absolute animal and he's going to be able to hold the net down. We know that for, for Tampa's side. But um, for Florida, there's a little bit more of a question mark in terms of like, this is also another thing. Like, they've been bouncing back between uh, Dreger and Bobrovsky, but, like, a lot of teams tend to go with one solidified goaltender to to take on most of the games. And if they choose to yeah. hop back and forth, I guess that's all right. But then there's also a lot of question marks when it comes to um, just who's going to play well, right? So, um, if Bobrovsky decides to get the, the, the bulk of the starts, is he going to play, like, how he has played in the past where he's played like Vesna trophy kind of uh goaltending or is he just gonna fall behind and then suddenly florida's down and they have to pick up a series where they're behind and dreger has to step in and and do his magic like i i don't know it's it, it's gonna be interesting to see and that's why i like the series so much is because it could go either way but i do think uh florida added a lot of good depth this season and that was the only knock that i had against florida prior to to you know this season was that they're just not deep enough and now like you said Ekblad being out it sucks a lot but Florida has added a, a really big physical presence like Radko Gudis he 
good. Yeah. He was like he was up there in terms of hits. Um, leading. I'm. He wasn't leading the league, but I'm pretty sure he was like top five for hits. No, he was leading the league. Him and Brady Kachuk were within a couple hits of each other. Yeah, I think exactly. Yeah. Like uh, that physical game is like exactly what Tampa doesn't like to play against, right? Like, yeah. Well, Tampa, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, like Tampa can get to to playing like physical like they did last year where they had to kind of switch up their play style like three or four times especially against columbus um yeah but uh yeah man fucking i personally think that uh tampa is gonna pull this one out but it's gonna go it's gonna go the distance i think seven games um i really like florida this year um maybe i'll be pleasantly surprised um not saying that i don't want tampa to win but it's always just nice seeing because I think if Tampa beats Florida, there's a very good chance that they go to the conference finals. I personally think, yeah. anyways. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I would say uh Tampa in seven games. Yeah, this one you mentioned gets a good point on the goalies. Like this is going to be so close. You can't afford to have your goalie lose you a game, and it feels like Bobrovsky could just lose you a game. Um, if he's not up to snuff. Uh, so that's 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 a tough one for Florida. Um, and then it's kind of, I think you're on two sides of the coin where Tampa Bay been there, done that. Obviously Kucherov hasn't played all year. Stamkos has been out a little while, so they're coming in rested, but are they, are they getting hot? You know, are they playing their best hockey right now? Um, and Florida, man, like, I don't know when the last time they made the playoffs was, it wasn't with this group of guys. I'll tell you that much. So dude, these guys are coming in like. Sam Bennett, I already mentioned, but he's getting a crack at the playoffs. Um, Barkov, Huberto, I think it's probably their first playoff appearance. So these guys are going to come in and they're going to not want to go out in the first round. So um, they're going to be playing with everything they got. And this is one of those series, too, where whoever comes out, like whoever wins it, it, the other team is going to take a toll on them. Like they're taking their pound of flesh or or whatever, whatever it is. So going to be interesting to see. But uh, super tight. This is going to be one of the most fun series to watch, I think. Yeah. I have Tampa 4-2. That's my call. Nice. All right. All right. Well, that... Uh, and Col- up- Colton, near Tampa 4-3? Yes. Yeah, it's going 7 for sure. Like, for sure. But, for okay. sure. So that wraps up uh, the East, I guess. Like, like the, the, the East... The East, in a sense. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what to call the conferences. Yeah, yeah, it's weird, but oh, I didn't even. I wasn't even calling them by their. That wraps up the uh, uh, Discover Central. Uh, ah, <laughs> um, <laughs> gotta get those sponsors in there, bud. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It's just what they're named, right? So, um, <laughs> okay. So uh, that being said, do you guys want to go to the West, or do you want guys want to go a little yeah, uh, East Coast? Let's go West. Okay, and then rotate back East. Okay. okay, and then, um, Mike, I'll let you choose. Which series do you want to pick from the West? Let's start with 4-1, baby. Right. Or 1-4, t- uh, Colorado-St. Louis. Yeah, and, um, you're, and you're President's Trophy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, this one's spicy because St. Louis has been absolute dog shit for most of this season. Yeah. Um, Ryan O'Reilly coming in. Saying that they're going to win against Colorado. Very bold statement there. I mean, talking about well-rounded teams. Doesn't doesn't Ryan Col- O'Reilly kind of have to say that, yeah, though? Because he used to I be guess. on the team, and now he's... I guess. That's some 
as Danny Healy or not Danny Healy would say rock star shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think statistically, like I'm looking at the odds makers, this is one of the most lopsided series. Um, really? not, not for odds, but, um, the, the people that do like the percentages on percentage chance to win, I think Colorado might be the heaviest favorite going into oh. the first round. Um, and dude, I don't see a world where St. Louis wins more than a game here. Um, they are going to kick the shit out of Colorado though. Yeah. I, my biggest concern is that Colorado stays healthy through the first round because they're going to need it in the second round against either Vegas or Minnesota. And uh, they've had their obvious struggles with injuries this year. We've talked about it a bunch. So um, I'm worried they just stay healthy because uh, St. Louis is going to come out. They're going to be hitting strong. They're a big team. Um, I just don't think they have it. Bennington hasn't been great. Um, I don't think they have the goal scoring to keep up with Colorado. Because that's the other thing, dude. I mean, McKinnon's kind of fallen off the pace relative to McDavid, obviously, this year in terms of points. He's still better than a point-per-game player. And you got to remember the cup run they made last year. The dude was a freaking monster. So, I mean, just him alone, I think, puts them over the top in this series, not to mention their great goaltending. Grubauer's healthy. That's massive. Um, Their decor is insane. Um, Like, Devon Taves, Kale McCarr. Uh, Sam Girard is back now, right? Um, I don't even know if um, what's his name is going to be playing. Uh, the kid. Oh, Barham. Yeah. Yeah, he. I think he's going to be back. He's been off on COVID, so him okay. and Dubnik okay. are the only ones that are still left off of uh, or on COVID. But I think they're going to be back by the time the yeah. playoffs start. So. Yeah, I mean, if Colorado's healthy, I don't even think this is even a tiny bit close. Um, it's just, can they stay healthy through the series? Right. I guess I'm next, or you want to go, Colton? No, you're okay. good, man. Okay. So, I have Colorado winning the 6-2. I think... 6-2! Six six oh, six... shit! Damn! <laughs> Eight games, buddy. Holy fuck, that white pod. It's like... 11 <laughs> 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 um, buzzed. Um, yeah, so I have Colorado winning 4-2 in six games. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, um, I basically, I don't know, like, I think St. Louis definitely has some more steam, like playoff steam than they do regular season steam, where they almost like just make it to the playoffs and then we'll start playing how we want to play. Um, like you said, Mike, I, I, I strongly agree that Colorado is going to get bullied big time by St. Louis because that's basically how St. Louis won their cup. Excuse me, I had to burp. Yeah, that's um, true. But I think they're going to get bullied hard. I think Bennington could eat, like steal one game. I don't think he's going to win the series or steal more than one game. But Guy definitely can win one game for them. Perron, I think a lot of people have for like maybe not forgotten, but didn't know this year it was a point per game player. Like Perron is just ripping. Yeah. Like fifty six points in fifty five or fifty six games, mostly assists. He's a big playmaker. Ryan O'Reilly just kind of an energy driver. Uh, Pareko on the back end and Krug and all of them, pretty solid. I don't know. I I think it'll be, I think it'll be a definite Colorado series win. But I think St. Louis will put up a fight, but not enough to make it like more of an interesting series than than a four two. If that makes sense, you know, like Colorado could easily go up three one in the series. Go okay, lose lose the second or the fourth one, fifth one. Sorry. 
three two, mm-hmm. and then just went like completely blow out the next game. Seen that a lot of times in different series, but if Colorado winning this one, they're just too good all around. Um, they need to stay healthy though, because living with Colton and everything, and <laughs> it seems like Colorado's so always wrong. getting injured. And uh, we mentioned this previously, like, is it because of the Mile High or not Mile High Club, but being, <laughs> being in the city? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Not no. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, I hope this is the year Colorado has a stretch of, like, good, healthy play because I also had a bet on them at the beginning of the year for, like, a 10 or something multiplier. So, I mean, it'd be nice to win some money, but also it'd be nice to see Colorado win the cup because I genuinely actually like them. They're fun to watch, but we'll get into it after the next series, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, they're electric. Yeah, they are electric. Nate McKinnon, Randon, Landy, Burkowski, man, like watching him come over from Washington, being like, oh, yeah, kind of being an in and out of the game or out of a lineup player. Um, Burakovsky really found his game and like kind of became what Washington always wanted him to be, but not for yep. their team. And that's really helping. Those are the guys and Donskoy, man. They just they're loaded all around. So it's fucked. Yeah, I think it's it's hard for them to lose this unless they just completely forget how they play their game. So yeah, I mean the amount of injuries they had, they they would have made. I think it's safe to say they would have made the Cup final if they weren't playing with Michael Hutchinson as their goalie. Yeah, yeah, um, right, and like. That could happen again, I guess. But barring something crazy, like this team is built to win. And I mean, especially against St. Louis, I don't even like, I don't know where St. Louis has an advantage. Like they've got good players. It's just Colorado's got more good players. Yeah, I agree. They don't really win a category if you were to break it down. Yeah. Yeah, unless there are injuries, but fingers crossed on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and last year, too, uh, something that was a little bit different, too, is uh, when you have to go for your third string goalie in order to make, like, or in, able to go to on, like, it's it's not going to happen, especially in Michael Hutchinson. Um, and this year, uh, Dubnik being the backup and then having Jonas Johansson as, a, a like, a third goalie is not that bad. Um, a lot of people were saying that when he came over from Buffalo that it wasn't going to be a good decision. He's not a goalie that would be able to handle the pressure. I have the numbers right here, boys. He So uh, Jonas Johansson playing in Buffalo this season, played seven games and went 0-5-1 with a uh, 8-8-4 save percentage. Comes over to Colorado, plays seven games again, then goes 4-1-1 one, and one, uh, with a 9-0-7 save percentage. So for, for having... For having a goalie that was that like criticized for being shit, right, and then comes over to a team that is actually decent, well, what do you know? It wasn't the goaltending; it was kind of the fact that you have a shit team in Buffalo in front of you, right? Like your confidence immediately yeah. goes down. Like I know if I was the best goaltender in the world and I went on to the Buffalo Sabers, my confidence would immediately be down because I'm I'm playing with a shit team in front of me, right? Like. You, you just have to carry most of the load if you're like if you're in that position. So I think the question marks of goaltending in the past seasons of are they going to be able to go the distance? Well, I think Grubar's crew proved this year. Um, he's he's tied. Uh, I forget who it was tied either Varlamov or somebody for shutouts like he's co-leader in shutouts 
Um, he's had an uh, amazing year. Um, so that's not a question mark anymore. And then Dubnik is, I would say, probably a pretty good backup. Um, I don't know who else yeah. you would be able to get um, to, to back you up there. And then as Marty Biron said on uh, NHL Network Radio yesterday, uh, I personally think that uh, Colorado is going to completely run over St. Louis and they're going to make the cup final and con <laughs> and Nathan McKinnon is going to be your con smite winner. I, That's pretty nice. good. Man. I well done. <laughs> I yeah, I just, I, it's, it's, it's a lock for me. I think Colorado is yeah. going to win it four one uh, over St. Louis. Um, I, I, personally see st louis getting they're gonna be close games i'm not gonna say that they're gonna be blowouts but i remember watching i think it was the first game of the season for colorado this year played st louis and what happened well they blew them out fucking like eight it was like eight one or eight two something like that and then or no sorry they lost the first game st louis and then the second game they blew them out like yeah. uh eight three or something like that like it wasn't even close and they did it twice to st louis i remember um we talked about it on the podcast. It was like the first time ever that a team's gotten beaten like by like eight or nine goals twice within like a week and a half. It was crazy, <laughs> but um, yeah, they're not going to roll over. It's St. Louis out. Um, they have like a Stanley Cup pedigree, um, so they're not gonna they're not gonna roll over. And like you guys said, they're gonna beat up on Colorado, um, but Colorado's at a whole different level, man. Like whole different level. So yeah. I'd say they're still in their window, so they can still do some damage. Exactly. In my opinion, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally yeah I just, I think Mc, McKinnon on his own just won't let them lose this series. Yeah. He yeah. was so good last year. You just got to expect him to elevate his game. Um, like you talk about with, with the Crosbys, right? Yeah. You get to the playoffs, it's a different beast. Yeah. And that's why I personally think he's, like... If they go the distance, that he will win the con Smythe. Because last year he was on an insane pace. It was like he was had like eighteen points or something like that in yeah. in like eleven or twelve games, like just just ridiculous. And then, yeah, um, I think Kale McCarr is also going to play a very 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 big part in their run this year. But um, we'll see, obviously. But um, yeah, so uh, I think four one, Mike, you said. I think I also said four one, yeah. Yeah. Four two. And Kurt, okay. Kurt, you're four two. Okay. Just to to get the record straight there. Okay. I was noticing that when I was doing my bracket, I was like, I got a lot of four twos this yeah. year because I just don't like. Yeah. I don't like doing four ones, and I don't like doing four threes. So. Yeah, four two is the easy pick, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's a good medium. Yeah, you get a couple um, games there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Vegas, Minnesota, boys. Yeah. Um, this one. I mean, Minnesota's been on a heater recently. Really turned it on. And they've got some... I mean, Kaprizov is insane. So fun to watch. Um, but I, I don't know if it's going to be enough. Vegas... Yeah. I mean, Vegas and Colorado on another level. And Vegas, again, one of those teams where it feels like they don't have bad matchups. Um, their, their, their depth is insane. Up and down the lineup. And obviously, you know, you add someone like Petrangelo makes your team a little bit better. So they've been money all year. Um, just kind of fell off at the end just enough for Colorado to squeak past them for the President's Trophy. But um, what do you guys think on this one? Well, I'll go first because Vegas, uh, Vegas is my second. Yeah, this is Vegas is my second favorite team. Um, I just love the way Vegas plays, man. Like 
after like when I was first salty, they went through the expansion draft. I was really salty. I hate Vegas. And then I realized just how dirty of a team they are. And the reason why they have the expansion draft like that to make teams good. And then my boy, Mark Stone went there. And then I was like, boom, full on Vegas supporter. That's my second team. When you watch this guy in the playoffs, he is a different animal, man. He, Mark Stone is just a beast. And in my opinion, I think he's going to win the Selkie this year. He just had an unreal season. Steals pucks like it's nobody's business. And then turns it into something that, you know, might not always result in a goal, but it results in a chance of there being a goal, which is when you increase those, eventually you're just going to keep potting them in. Like you're going to win the game when you have that many opportunities, unless you're just dog shit. Um, But I think Vegas is just too well-rounded in the sense that they got good goaltending. Like you said, they they did fall off at the end there, at the end of the year, where they just kind of like were dominating the game and then expected to like coast through the rest of the game and expect to win. And it almost kind of reminded me of how Toronto would play sometimes, where they'd be like, yeah. they just like come flying out of the gates, like just fucking bat out of hell. And then all of a sudden they'll be up like four goals, and then you'll slowly let it slip away, and then eventually you're getting rattled, and then boom, they pot one late, and you lost the game. I watched a lot of those games from Vegas and Minnesota, actually, where Minnesota was just like capitalizing on their opportunities in the last couple minutes. Like they were kept the pressure on, kept it coming. Vegas was kind of like losing their momentum and everything. And then boom, all of a sudden it would flip and they'd lose the game at the last second. And that was a lot of their, their last 10 games. But I think they're just way way too well-rounded to lose the series. So I had Vegas five, one in this and uh, yeah. I don't know. Are we gonna do like like when this first round is over? Are we gonna go through the second one or yeah? Second well, round? well, well. Let's rip the second round like when it happens. No. Yeah, yeah. That's what um, I'm thinking. Yeah. Well, just at the end, we'll we'll make our cup picks. I think. Yeah. Because, but I have this. I have Vegas. Uh, not to spoil anything, but if Colorado and Vegas do win, I have I like Vegas over yeah. Colorado, but it's seven game series. Yeah, that's a tight one. We'll have to talk yeah. about that if it comes to fruition because that might be one of the the series of the playoffs, in my opinion. And we oh, were yeah. Talking, like, it would be a shame. And I kind of like how they seed it up where Vegas is not going to be playing Colorado in the first round. Like, it was originally going to be planned. Like, talking to Colton and you, we were kind of expecting that. And now seeing them maybe potentially lining up later down the just makes it even better like that's going to be a sick matchup so yeah but i have them shitting on minnesota so yeah yeah four one you had yeah four one i think they're just going to steamroll them minnesota like cam talbot like having an unreal year but i just think vegas just comes out and doesn't allow them like put themselves in those losing chance like opportunities to lose the game i could honestly see them sweeping this but yeah minnesota's a little bit better that i don't want to disrespect them like that so (laughs) I'm I'm gonna go right ahead and disrespect them like that. I'm going Vegas. <laughs> I'm going Vegas 4-0, dude. Um, and you hit on so many of that the points there. Like Vegas obviously had a great regular season. This is a team built for playoff hockey. Um, and I don't know. Like fair to say, they're kind of the Carolina of the West. Um, maybe a little bit more offensive minded, um, but very very deep. Not many bad matchups. Two legitimate number one goalies. Um, either one of whom can steal them a game, steal them a series. 
Um, and I mean, I don't think anybody in the league has a tandem like Fleury and Laner. Um, I mean, Fleury on his own is an absolute beast. Laner can come in, be the best goalie in the league on his day. Um, and yeah, I mean, it just feels like, as you said, Kurt, a couple, coming down the end of the season there, Minnesota got like squeaked out a couple wins against them where Vegas probably should have won the game. And were it a playoff game, I expect Vegas would have. Uh, and I just don't see the advantages that Minnesota was able to get during the regular season happening in the playoffs. Um, and Minnesota, I think they made it like a little bit close in that division in terms of the standings uh, for a little bit there. But again, there are four, maybe five just bad teams in that division. Um, so I'm looking at them and I'm thinking they're significantly worse. And even though they finished ahead of St. Louis, they're the type of team I think that's easier to beat if you match up well against them. Um, that they're, they're a team that will beat bad teams easily and consistently, but against a good team like Vegas, a team that plays the way Vegas plays, you know, all of their best players are good two-way players, Mark Stone being one of them, that's probably the best defensive forward in the league, also going to put in probably a point a game. Um, so I just don't see Minnesota really being able to get enough of, a, enough of an advantage in any single game to, to take this one home. And... Vegas has got fans in the stands, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not sure. just fans, a full fucking house, man. Yeah. They're like sold out. Like it's insane. Yeah, it's a it's a foreign concept to us because we're in Canada where nothing yeah. is happening and we're not even allowed to fucking golf. So, um, but yeah, boys, you dissected that series like a frog in a grade ten science class. I can't. I can't really break it down any more than that. Um, I'm just going to give you my... Minnesota's my, the frog. Yeah, and like, I, I'm not a fan of Minnie Mouse in this uh, series. I personally think that the Vegas Golden Knights are going to obviously uh, move on. Um, I think, I do think, because uh, both of these teams have matched up pretty well against each other in the last little bit, and it could have been because of those defensive breakdowns from Vegas that we saw in the last couple games, but I do think... It's going to go a little further. I think that this is going to be a seven-game series. So, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I think I Vegas okay. is going to take it in seven, but I do think it's going to be a seven-game series. So I think if it goes seven games, they lose the next series for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it could very well happen, but um, it, it was actually funny. The one thing I do want to say before we uh, move on from this is um, – I think I was I was listening. Um, I forget who it was, but somebody had a, a funny take where they were like, "Can you imagine if um, the the way that everything was seeded out at the very end that after um, when it came to the final four, if Pittsburgh moved on and Vegas moved on and they played each other, and you had Mark Andre Fleury against his old team, that would be hilarious." Because I personally think that if it came Pittsburgh versus Vegas, I think Mark Andre Fleury would have to get the start, and he would also take the series yeah. too. So yeah. So, oh yeah dude. but that's that's like so situational that we won't get into that but that would just be a funny a funny haha moment it would be like oh friggin' rates bud thank you ian appreciate it buddy um but yeah guys so that that is the west the west which happens to also be the best <laughs> um we'll move on to the final division um the eastern which this one has the most loaded fucking firepower i just contradicted yeah. myself by saying west is the best but um i don't is, know man the east is the beast bro like I have no idea about the East. I think they might actually be the worst division. What? 
but I mean, we'll have to see. I yeah. it, this one is the one where I have a really hard time reading um, the quality and strength of these teams. Um, partly because it kind of my expectations were much different from what happened in this division. Uh, Philly obviously completely shit the bed. Uh, the Rangers got hot too late, didn't quite pull in. Um, but yeah, man, like there there are a, like three teams with cup pedigrees in this division and then the islanders who have been close the last couple years uh last year especially so this one's a really tough one to call for me um you start with the boston washington in this one that's tonight for sure buddy yeah i i want to hear your guys takes on this first all right i'm i'm gonna break it down first because uh you know you know i hate to say it i hate to say it but I do like Boston in this series. I absolutely like it. It literally like uh, it feels like I'm getting my soul sucked out of me saying that. (laughs) But seriously, like, man, there's just too many question marks when it comes to Washington in this series. Um, One of them being is Alexander Ovechkin going to be healthy? Um, We don't know that. Uh, We also don't know if Samsonov's going to be healthy. Um, Samsonov was on COVID for the last little bit of the season. So um will he be able to uh not it's not is he going to be available i think they made it very clear that he will be available for the series but is he going to have um the the post-covid symptoms that like let's say vancouver had or whatever where you're definitely not feeling 100 percent um you know uh tj oshi had a great last game but is is the passing of his dad going to have some sort of effect on him into the playoff series right there's um kuznetsov also uh i'm pretty sure he was off with an injury or has been off with an injury for a little bit now um there's there's so many question marks when it comes to washington that i don't i can't say for a fact that i think that they're going to have you know a leg up on a boston team that has been looking kind of subpar for most of the season and then you know just kind of stepped it up right near the end and just plays way boston plays with the perfection line and everything right um so and then it also yeah it sucks for me to say but taylor hall uh great fit in boston so far uh yeah, great but... fit and if if this play i i would say this if the playoffs go well for boston and taylor hall is a contributor in the playoffs i feel like that is his new home um mm-hmm. it's, it's a perfect transition for him as well because boston is the type of team where he can be that secondary scoring kind of guy where he can take a step back and when he um when he wants to contribute with Krejci, then he he has the ability ability to why why'd I say it like that? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I personally uh I like Taylor Hall, how he's played so far. Um, not even the most flashy uh goals that we've seen um from any of the teams so far, but he's able to put the puck in the net and that second line is dirty now. And Boston with two dirty lines, like I, I was originally scared because I was like, all right, Tory Krug left. Um, the defense is not going to be as good. But they ended up just completely, like, it didn't matter, I guess. Um, they thought Matt Grizzlick was going to be his, like, you know, uh, hit, like, the second Tory Krug or try to take his spot. But it ended up not even mattering because now they have three, they have four forwards, I think, on that first power play, um, which is, I mean, you have Bergeron, Marshawn, and Pasternak on a power play, and the puck's probably going to end up in the net. And then now you add Taylor Hall onto that too. Just absolutely dirty. So 
Um, I think if all the questions that I have for Washington, if some of them can get answered in terms of health, I think it'll be close. But to be honest, I think Boston is going to walk away with this series um, pretty easily. I'm going to say I, I, I'll, um, I'll say right now, I think Boston is going to win 4-1 over Washington. So, wow, 4-1, yeah. eh? Yeah. Jeez. Um, I, I had a couple couple questions there. I mean, how, how many games is going to take for Tom Wilson to get suspended? <laughs> or draw, <laughs> like literally pile drive somebody over his shoulders, like wrestling style. Like, Out of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. It just pulled um, an RKO for who knows why. Yeah, and also Boston against uh, former captain Zidane Chara. Um, oh, couple interesting storylines there. Didn't even think about that. Fuck. But uh, dude, I like Boston in this one as well. Washington for me has not been able to shut it down efficiently enough defensively, um, and you know Boston's going to be stingy defensively come playoffs. Uh, as you said. Is Ovechkin in the lineup? Is he not? I would expect him to be get back playing, even if he's not 100% healthy. Um, you mentioned the power plays. This is this division specifically in general, but this series too. Uh, special teams is going to play such a massive factor in this. Both their power plays are money. Um, so can you stay out of the box uh, as much as possible, right? Because you're going to be shipping goals if, if, you're, if you're taking five, six minors a game. Um, and also goaltending, right? Boston's got a good one, too. Vanacek and Samsonov have both been strong this year, but rookie goalies, yeah. um, you would want to have both of them. If Samsonov isn't 100%, that's not ideal. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm with you on this. Boston looks great. Since that Hall trade, they've been rolling. Um, and Hall seems to be getting a lot more out of David Krejci, who seemed like he was kind of getting near the end of his career, and suddenly it's like, Krejci from five, six years ago again. Yeah. Like that double toey uh assist to Hall, like, dude, it's a, it's a whole new monster there. So Boston looks scary for me. Um and their team, like, you know you can't count them out. Um Washington, although they've been there the last couple of years, uh, I feel like they're they're a little bit on the downswing and they're not gonna be able to shut it down against Boston's offense this year. Um I think it'll be a little bit closer than than four one. I'm gonna go. I think probably four two Boston on this. Take the easy way out, Mike. <laughs> you know it, baby. It's good that I'm last because I have a little bit of a different opinion on this topic. Ooh. I think Washington's gonna win. I, I agree with all those points that you guys made with their health issues and everything. But I mean, if you just look at Washington's record throughout the year and watching them game by game. It seemed like they just continuously got better. Like, they were still good. But I feel like, in a way, you're always, like, at least this year, you're used to watching Washington just win a game or anything. So it just kind of, like, okay, they won that game, they won that game. And then when they have a little bit of, like, a stretch where they're not playing their game or or getting the results that they want, it's like, okay, are they actually going to have that much strength or anything? I don't know. I think Samsonov... Even though he is on COVID, Vanacek has put up some really good numbers this year. Yeah. Um, he is a rookie goalie, but I mean, Matt Murray won two cups. Jordington or Jordan Binnington, Jordan, <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Binnington won one cup. You can call them one year wonders or whatever you want, but 
there's yeah. still a possibility for these rookie goalies to just come out and play their game the way that they should be playing in the playoffs. Um, I think I just remember back to Boston. They do have two really good lines right now, which helps them in that depth um, in the playoffs because the prior stuff that would kind of hinder Boston and making it like an extended playoff run is that they would rely too heavily on their first line of Bergeron, Pasternak, Marchand. When they would get yeah. shut down, they kind of would run out of offense almost a little bit unless DeBrusque or one of these other depth forwards were kind of like picking up the slack and producing the points. Now they, Krejci and Paul just have some wicked chemistry right now. They're just reading off everyone who's played hockey knows that sometimes you don't know why, but you guys kind of on the same wavelength of, well, Hey, I'm going to skate at the side. You just pass it off to me. I'll go to the center of the ice and then you're right there. And then boom, chemistry and hockey is a big thing. That line is honestly, I kind of like it more recently on better than the other line, the first line just because they kind of they kind of just shake things up where they're the second line on the ice and they're like, okay, we're going to concentrate on Bergeron, Pasternak, Marchand, and then all of a sudden you got Hall, Krejci, and DeBrusque, I'm pretty sure. Is, is it DeBrusque playing sure. on their line or coming at you? I don't know. Kind of throws them off. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you can't, like you can't just like front load against the, no. the first line anymore. No, exactly. So you got to like kind of play your game in a different way, but... I think Ovechkin still has that hunger, rushing gas to bring him to that next level and produce. Backstrom's still hungry. I don't know. I think Washington wins this in seven games. So, wow. okay. yeah. I see a lot of seven-game series this playoff, like this first mm -hmm. round. But uh, I don't know. I just like Washington more than Boston. Yeah. But I wouldn't be upset if Boston won either because I, I do think they're still a really good team. But sometimes the best team doesn't win, so that's why yeah. I'm going Washington. Yeah, this division is so tight, tight. Like it's hard to call here. Um, and I kind of like for me, it, it, basically my decision is based on how good were they at the end of the season. Um, and I feel like Boston really picked it up. Like they were sitting in fourth, like almost like in danger of the Rangers catching them, and they just flew away. Um, so I, I I think they're hot at the right time. Um, and they have a good mixture of youth and, and guys that have been there, you know? So, but again, again, it's with all of these teams, the pedigree on these teams, any one of them could, you feel like make a cup run out of this division. Um, and it's going to be tight. I think a seven game series here wouldn't shock me either. Um, but I, I, as I said, Boston in six. Yeah, that's fair. Fair point here. All right, guys. Well. Moving on from that series uh, and on to our last one of the first round. Uh, we got Pittsburgh versus the New York Islanders. And uh, I don't know about you boys, but I personally think that this is going to be um, out of maybe all the, the, the closest series out yeah. of like literally all the series. Like um, unless Pittsburgh pulls what they did last year and get like just absolutely slaughtered by... Um, like the other team, um, I don't know. Which I, I, Montreal's a different team compared to the Islanders, but I don't know. Um, this one, I feel like all three of us are gonna have like relatively different uh, viewpoints on this. Um, so, who wants to start? I'll rip it. Okay. Uh, no, you go. Yeah, no, you, no, you go. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
I I think I called Pittsburgh to not make the playoffs this year. Yeah. At the beginning of the year. <laughs> I, um, did I did too. Dude, and this team has been like I think we mentioned a couple weeks ago, there has never been a Pittsburgh team since Crosby got drafted that's gone this under the radar. And at the end of the day, they finished first in the division. Uh, it feels like nobody's really talking about them that much. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, I, it was a couple of weeks ago, so I assume it's higher now, but 250 games plus uh, of player games missed because of injury this season. Um, so they've got it done, missing pieces all up and down the lineup. Malkin's missed games. Um, bunch of dudes on defense, bottom six. Uh, the only constant really has been Sidney Crosby. Um, goaltending looked really rough at the beginning of the year that's picked up as well um so i feel like pittsburgh has kind of trended upwards all season into the team that they are now um whereas the islanders halfway through the season i would have said they're the best team in the east um they were looking lights out goaltending defensively absolute money um they look dialed in but uh the last couple weeks last month since Anders Lee got injured, I think, um, they have really slid down the standings. Only, like, not squeaking in, but coming in fourth at that division. Um, I, I'm apprehensive as to whether they can, can kind of pick it back up. They are the sort of team that I don't feel like they necessarily have to be playing great to, to squeak out wins just because of how they play very defensively. Um, and because of that, I think this is going to be a really tight series. But uh, I got to give the benefit of the doubt to Pittsburgh on this one. Um, obviously, Sidney Crosby being a big part of that. But uh, it feels to me like Pittsburgh, you know, they have a lot of those guys that are like, quote unquote, no name guys that like going back to even the Kunitz days where he him and like Pascal Dupuis came in and, and suddenly they're playing on Crosby's wings and they're putting up like 30, 40 goals a season. Um, feels like that's kind of continued uh, with with Pittsburgh. Obviously, Jake Gensel is a stud in his own right, but. Players like Brian Rust, even Kasperi Kapanen, um, Teddy Bluger. So these guys that you're like, oh, well, they're just playing on Crosby's wing. And then they get pushed down the lineup and they're still producing. Um, I think they, that is part of the reason they're not necessarily getting the credit for how good they are. Um, so I like Pittsburgh in this one. I've got to go 4-3, though. Um, I think this, this really could go either way. Um, but Pittsburgh, I actually, I actually think like they're they're a dark horse for it because there's some wagons in the other divisions. But I could see Pittsburgh getting out of this division um, and making it all the way to the cup. Even wow, I like that. I I could see that too. But for me, I have the Islanders in seven for some yeah. reason, just because, like you said, the way they play, Barry Trotz, kind of a kind of like game style that is like not really fun to watch. But it's like entertaining <laughs> if you're the, the team that's winning, you know, like if that makes yeah. sense, like it's not really fun to watch if you're like, hey, like, there's uh, Pittsburgh, New York or Florida, Tampa. You're going to go with the Florida Tampa game first just because it's going to be more like up and down the ice, in my opinion, like, yeah, more goals, more Pass. excitement. Yeah, like less getting stopped at the blue line, just having neutral zone like play where you're almost playing pong or or tennis uh, with the puck. But Sorokin or Sorokin, whatever you want to say, and Varlamov, two really good goalies. They've been producing all year round. Anders Lee is out. But 
with Jeff, like Jeff Carter coming into Pittsburgh, man, like I kind of like Pittsburgh too. Like that's why I agree with you guys being really close series. Like Jeff Carter's just playing unreal since he's been acquired from the LA Kings and seems to like really kind of rejuvenated his game um, with Crosby and all those guys. Like he's, I think a lot of people just forget that he's on there too. I forgot about him. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Where he's just like one of those guys that in a playoff series, he's won three cups or two cups. Yeah. Two. Two cups with LA. Like that's some of that leadership. Like it helps to not only have won cups, but won cups on different teams with different makeups, you know, where every year that you win a cup is probably going to be different. If you're fortunate to win more than one, the makeup of your team is going to be different and having a little bit of expertise in different areas where Pittsburgh was just skill when they won theirs, where LA was kind of just grinded out. Let's beat the shit out of them. Win this like four, one or, uh, or three. Yeah. never mind, Three, two. but they kind of just win them like the squeakers like i remember they were the eighth seed and in the one year and they completely swept san jose or something yeah with one goal games and they kind of did that the whole the whole way all the way to the cup and i think they had lost two games or something yeah i think they they won the cup in the second fewest games ever yeah so i think it'll just help I'm really, really torn on this. I want New York Islanders to win it because Matt Barzell is just nasty. Um, yeah. But I also, I think I might change it. I, I think I'm going to go Pittsburgh, to be honest. 4-3? Yeah, 4-3. Yeah. The more Dude, I can think is... about it, like, yeah. Yeah. It's so close. It's so yeah. close. Um, yeah. The one concern I have about Pittsburgh is it is – kind of similar to the series against Montreal last year where you're facing a really good goaltender and a very defensive minded team um so in a lot of cases you might be seeing Pittsburgh taking getting like 15 maybe in 20 more shots on goal um like they were they were outplaying the shit out of Montreal last year for for the first few games and you could see the frustration starting to mount um and I, that is a possibility in this series against an Islanders team that's first, first and foremost going to shut you down defensively. Um, and again, special teams in this one. You know, if if Pittsburgh can get their power play rolling and get a couple goals on the power play, that might be all it takes. This these, this could be a series where you're winning games two one one nothing even. Um, looking at how the Islanders play, so uh, Pittsburgh's got to be locked in for this one. Um, and they're gonna need they're gonna need their goaltending to be on point, um, but I got it's such a small edge. This one really could go either way. I think. Yeah, I you know what I'm still sticking like Kurt. You kind of convinced uh, yourself there um, to to go pit, but um, yeah. I don't know, boys. I'm I'm still leaning in the direction of the Islanders. I think that Barry Trotz just has a way of making his team play playoff hockey when it matters the most and like play not not only just play playoff hockey but play it to a T of how he, yeah. his his systems play right um something that i don't think that we've touched on yet is the fact that um the palmieri trade uh it seems mm-hmm. like he hasn't necessarily had an impact yet and if if there is going to be a time to make an impact i think he's going to want to do it now 
um the scoring for for the islanders seems to be when it rains it pours and then when they win those tight games one nothing uh two one stuff like that like you guys mentioned it's really really scrappy games that um it seems to be guys that aren't necessarily the main goal scorers on the islanders that that pot one like you know you get one from like um clutterbuck or something like that just like random you know a random person on the fourth line right so um i think the islanders are are fit or maybe the best in the division to to match up against uh pittsburgh because pittsburgh has a like a a pure like dynamic kind of offense and what better way to shut down an offense than an incredible defense right so yeah. i think the islanders match up extremely well against pittsburgh um and i also think uh one thing that you guys haven't mentioned either varlamov like the guy has had one of the best seasons that he's had in uh years like he's just been uh, like he will be um oh my camera died that's fine um he will be uh for up for the Vesna trophy uh with a few other goaltenders as well but um i personally think that he's going to be able to uh to help hold off uh pittsburgh so yeah, yeah i i'm i'm gonna say uh that it's it it will go the distance um not not that far but i think it'll be uh four two for the islanders um wow. so yeah cool nice yeah. one yeah yeah, that one's that was a tough one. I mean, I feel like either team, whoever comes out of that, has a good shot of winning that division against whoever comes out of Boston, Washington. Yeah. Um, but it is weird because the Islanders are kind of a unique team in terms of how they play. Um, and a lot of teams that are good don't match up well against that style of play. So um, it's not hard to see the Islanders taking a deep run here because uh, if they... If if they can get rolling and get that shutdown shutdown going, I mean, it's going to be hard to beat. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, that kind of wraps it up. That's all the teams. Um, yeah, I, fuck, we we uh, did that in actually pretty decent time. So, um, but yeah, guys, we will be. Uh, if you have not followed us on our socials, now would definitely be the time to do so because we are going to be very very active and giving. Um, everybody especially on twitter updates on all the series and what's going on um so you can uh you know just know what's going on and, and what's happening in the league uh especially going into these playoffs because things are going to happen and they're going to happen fast so follow us on twitter at uh, the pond pod and on on instagram at the pond hockey pod and then uh, also the video footage of this is going to be thrown up on our youtube channel you can just find us at the pond on youtube um and yeah um facebook as well but uh yeah same thing just the pond so yeah Perfect. go give us a follow guys and uh yeah, yeah you'll you will not regret it because you'll be getting all the hockey news and everything that you know and love so uh boys good episode um whoa this is whoa, whoa before we finish up here bud uh, cup picks oh yeah holy shit what the fuck how did i mess that up okay cup picks. i think you had a good cue as well for the end yeah um all right well you threw me off there mike <laughs> Sorry. All right. Sorry. What, what what do you so kurt who you who you got for the cup it's just tough for me i have the west winning the cup this year um I, for gambling purposes and dgen purposes colorado <laughs> <laughs> for who i think is going to win the cup and who i want to win the cup i'm going to choose vegas nice all right um Feedback. 
yeah i i personally uh think that this year the ottawa i mean um sorry i <laughs> uh i'm just kidding Kurt. They're, they're gonna get there um i yeah i uh i'm gonna have to go for the hometown favorite i'm, I'm going colorado as well and i'm i'm no, they're not your hometown bro <laughs> <laughs> well bro like why expose me like that <laughs> but yeah no i think uh colorado is gonna take home the the hardware I'm going actual hometown favorite. I'm going Leafs, baby. Whoa. And you know, and it's it's purely because it would be the most Leafs thing ever if they won the cup the one year they can't have fans there for it. Yeah. Um <laughs> and like getting, Yeah, I don't some parties around here, aren't you? Oh dude. <laughs> you know it. But like I they're obviously I don't think they're the favorites. I think there's a lot of reasons why they wouldn't win the cup, but I just have a feeling this year, dude. I just have a feeling about it. And I feel like once you get down to like the eight best teams in the league, um, Toronto's one of those eight, I would say. And then at that point, it feels like it's so close between them that a couple bounces here and there, and you know what can happen in playoff hockey, so much randomness, right? So I, I think, because the other thing, if they can get out of the North... I feel like the problem the Leafs have had is they haven't been able to get rolling in the playoffs. You know, they run into Boston early on and it's like just a grind. And Boston was like cup favorites most of those years. This year, it feels like you get to that conference final. They'll already be rolling. They'll have everything clicking and then they're going to be tough to beat. So I'm going Leafs, baby. Yeah, I kind of like that actually, because like worst case Ontario People know that if they live in Ontario, but that would be worst case Ontario for us. And it just seems like it's going to happen. They're going to yeah. wake up. We're going to have a massive parade in Ontario. Yeah. There's going to be a mad surge in COVID cases. And yeah, <laughs> we'll be right back. It couldn't, it couldn't go more according to script. Yeah, like, that just seems like it's going to happen now. So I'm, yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like the take, but I don't like the pers- the following events after that. <laughs> but I yeah, I, just let us golf, Doug. I, I like it though. I like it. Um, yeah, those are some uh, good picks. But uh, yeah, I mean, time will tell, boys. The the playoffs come and go pretty quick, so um, enjoy the hockey while you can watch it still. Because when we get into the summertime and we're still in lockdown and we got nothing to do other than watch uh, baseball. Um, we're we're gonna be bored uh, bored as a motherfucker so um but yeah guys so thank you so much for listening this is the real outro this time um follow us on our socials uh and yeah we'll i mean austin washington kicks off tonight so um Mm -hmm. you know this is gonna be a fun one and uh yeah have a good rest of your weekend and uh we'll we'll catch you in the next one um Ian have anything to say? Oh, friggin' right, bud. All right. Well, there you go. That, that, we got our blessing from Ian. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week. So, friggin' what up? <laughs>